0: conducting global research, marketing your brand to a multilingual audience with translation, transcription, voiceover, and subtitling services in over 75 languages will make the connection to your audience in their own language. Get the linguistic accuracy you expect with the cultural nuance you need, all tailored to your needs with friendly service. Try multilingual connections. Mention Little Bird Marketing for $100 off your first project multilingualconnections.com. Hello, and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I have such a great group of women uh, here with me today. We're going to discuss something super fun. But as always, with anything I like to do in conversation, I like to really pull a a curtain back and show people what's going on. Um, in some of the conversations where, where really it, it, top influencers are thinking about what needs to happen in our industries, what needs to happen in our roles, what needs to happen in our own careers, and just be real about things. I don't really like these kinds of um, hidden conversations or lofty ideas where people are feeling excluded. And really, this, I could not think of a better group to talk about a particular topic today that we're going to discuss. We're going to discuss collaboration. And in fact, Collaboration, in my opinion, is the new competition. So let me tell you who I have here with me. I have Melanie Courtright. She is the CEO. Most of you know her from Insights Association. It's been quite a year this year. There's some really cool things going on, some really great things we're going to be looking forward to. We'll hear more about that at the end. But also I have uh, Lisa Wilding Brown from uh, Innovate MR. She is the chief research officer there. And this is funny because I know these ladies so well, I had to actually look their official titles up this morning because I just know them. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we don't go around telling everybody what our title is. But I also have a dear friend and colleague of mine, Sarah Kotva. She is the VP at Fieldwork. And I have had just the privilege of working with these ladies, and also the privilege of being on the inside of some private conversations that I think are so beneficial to move all of us forward. And so I wanted to give a piece of that to everybody. So welcome to whatever this is that we're doing.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, Priscilla. Awesome.
0: Well, I want to kick it off with this idea of, uh, of collaboration is the new competition. So when I just say that, you know, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. We're going to go around, and I, you know, you've heard it. You, we've talked about it behind closed doors. We've talked about it in public. We're actually all um, activated on this notion in one way or another. So let's start with you, Melanie. When I talk about collaboration, like, what is it that you're thinking of from your perspective?
2: Yeah, I, I think it has two meanings. From for me, um, it it means that as we collaborate with others, we pick up joint strengths uh, that allow us to expand our offerings to our to the market, and so we actually become stronger as a company by collaborating with other companies that round us out. But it's also a new form of competition uh, in that you collaborate with competitors directly sometimes, and you learn from each other. You uh, you find. Um, Places where you need to pick up skills from them, and they need to pick up skills from you, um, in ways that won't hurt either brand, and you literally collaborate together, share that experience together, uh, and and push both companies forward. Uh, you know, and so we're actually doing that quite a bit at the Insights Association, and I see it a lot in the industry at large. Um, Brands that you never would have expected to collaborate are collaborating and everybody's better for it.
0: Right, right. So you're um, seeing it from the organizational level. Lisa's is going to show us about how she's doing it on a direct uh, competitor even level, like business to business level. And Sarah is going to give us a, an idea within her industry, within the vertical of how they're collaborating. And also Sarah can talk a little bit about how they're collaborating with so many locations uh, of field work across the US, how they're collaborating internally also. So that's why I think there's such an interesting blend to say to this, but tell me a little bit about some of the collabs uh, that you're, you're working on right now. I know this summer there was a very cool collab with uh and Insights Association together for CRC, um, but what other collabs have I missed and, and, and how did that come about?
2: Well, we also just recently signed a joint tri-partner agreement with MRS out of the UK and the Research Society out of Australia. And together we're working on global buyer-seller roundtables to bring um, buyers and suppliers into um, a transparent and safe space to have conversations about trends and global uh, research challenges. We are collaborating with SMR on market size and market data reports, and those reports are actually coming out this week. Where um, we're actually working together to size the U.S. market and to expand what how we view the market of research, both in the traditional sense and in the expanded view around data analytics and sample. And brand new reports coming out of that that are uh, specific with um, with SMR. Uh, you mentioned the uh, partnership with uh, Greenbook and IIEX. Um, you know and bringing some of our events capabilities and our audience capabilities that are somewhat different but make a good marriage together. And then we're partnering with Quirks. We're uh, partnering with Quirks on some shared marketing and we're also going to do some voice of the customer, voice of the client research together in the coming months. So uh, we're partnering with everyone. We're specific and and strategic about them um, and we're careful to set them up properly. Uh, But we love collaboration and we think it makes us all better.
0: Mm, I love it I love it so Lisa let us hear a little bit about your thoughts about collaboration and I have to say you're the first one in your industry that I feel came out right out of the gate you know very early and I'm not talking about this year I'm talking about many years ago um, really with a drive for collaboration so uh, you kind of have a funny way of talking about it too which, which makes me happy because we can really talk shop in a very comfortable way but what What are your feelings about collaboration and and
3: what's going on right now in in the business realm? Sure. Yeah, collaboration for me is so important. I mean, I think it really taps into who I am as a person. I just love people. I love to connect with people. I love to have, you know real meaningful, impactful relationships that are are uh, mutually advantageous. I think that's really key. You know, when I grew up during a time, early on in my business uh, career, like, sort of being mentored by people that were a bit more old school in their strategy. And it was sort of like the competitor was the enemy and you have to build this moat around what you're doing and be very guarded. And, you know, it's, it's not surprising to, to hear that, like, you know, and Mel, you were in the sample space for many years itself is exceptionally competitive. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very saturated as well. Um, and there 's some big, really lofty, meaty challenges that are facing the sample industry. I think we 've been great to really be proactive in terms of automation and you know embracing programmatic solutions to help garner you know, a wide swath of, of online traffic to to populate these surveys that we're trying to, to fill. Um, and as the years have gone by, it's just gotten more and more difficult. The types of audiences that our clients are looking for, both on B2B and consumer, are exceptionally low incidence. When I first started my career in the early 2000s, it was all like high incidence, gen pop, really great, high CPIs, like those days are over. And... <laughs> <laughs> Melanie's like in her head because she lived it with me, okay, and we were even at the same company for a time together, so her and I would, would chat about some of those challenges. Um, so, you know, thinking about that backdrop of just an uber competitive environment, I just didn't understand it because when I came over to the sample space from more of the full services side, I worked at Harris Interactive for a number of years, I learned it was sort of like the, the drape was pulled back. And I learned some new things about the sample space that as a buyer of sample, I was just simply not privy to. Number one, and I don't know if it's like a dirty little secret. Maybe I'm dropping a truth bomb here. You know, I love to do that, Priscilla. <laughs> I know. That's why I invite you. <laughs> in sample space, we are all working together. Okay? Okay. Some of my competitors are also some of my biggest clients. <laughs> and people that aren't living and breathing in the sample space don't always know that. Um, And I do think transparency is a challenge in our space, for sure. Something that Mel and I have had a a lot of discussion around over the years. Um, But, you know, I'm friendly with a lot of people that I also compete with. And that's okay, because to Mel's point, like, you can really learn so much from each other. And I think that there was sort of this this inflection point um, in in the sample space specifically, where it was like we were all kind of living in our silos, working with each other, but still being very guarded and not really confronting some of the challenges that exist in our space. Whether it's not having um, you know, common nomenclature that we use, like we all you know, define incidents differently and qualification differently. I mean, that's a whole other podcast topic. <laughs> still. Um, but other chan- challenges around cyber fraud and quality in general, and how do we deliver replicability for our clients um, and high quality insights that they're ultimately delivering to their constituents. Like there's some really big challenges that are facing the sample industry, all while we're trying to be progressive and move the industry forward with automation and really embracing technology. And so I think SampleCon for me was that inflection point. When SampleCon came about, It was like it got all the sample providers in one room and we really had, I think, very open, transparent discussions around, you know, what was happening in in the industry. And I don't really feel like I had that outlet prior to SampleCon. It was a much more closed, guarded environment where, yes, you would sell to competitors and vice versa, but you weren't really talking about what were some of the pain points you were facing as a company. Um, And I think with SampleCon and some of the different consortiums that have come about from that, different committees, um, different collaborations that we've done through the years, getting on stage with people that I directly compete against. um, It was really from that process that we were able to to have some really um, awesome outcomes that I think have helped to move our industry forward
0: yeah and i do remember you and i uh chatting at crc with andrew cannon from grbn who is really another association globally really trying to make a difference about having these transparent conversations and those collaborations are super important in it so sarah let's talk a little bit about your world and you can see what i've done here i've asked someone from an association I've asked someone from quantitative and I've asked someone from the qualitative world. So because this is really a big scope of what we're seeing in market research, you know, in the insights industry, it takes a village, right? There's all these things going on. But your world's really different at field work with having so many locations across the U.S. and also, you know, you guys are having to collaborate with each other because you're seeing very different things. Um, but talk a little bit about what, you know, what, when I say that collaboration is the new competition, what, what emerges for you?
1: Well, I love that question because I've had 20 years in qualitative research and a proud field worker for all of them, but it's not new. I mean, one of the things I love about this industry is that we do collaborate and you often do it, like Melanie said, with your competitors and with your vendors. And, there's a lot of entrepreneurial people in this industry, and it was always just a way to stay ahead, to share best practices, and it, I think it really helped a lot of businesses succeed by collaborating. Hmm.
0: So, tell me a little bit about two things I mm-hmm. want to hear from you: is how are you guys collaborating across the U.S.? Like, turn, inter- what's the internal collaboration, and then, um, and, and even if there's like it if, if all of your presidents from all the locations really understand that out external collaboration but then also you know what's going on in your industry because the qualitative and face-to-face research took probably the biggest hit in COVID and so really you know you were at the forefront of reaching out and being collaborative in that respect as well so give me give me one or the other or both
1: well, I would say that, you know, we've always had a, a very solid culture at Fieldwork and have always enjoyed being in-person meetings. There were lots and lots of in-person meetings all around the country at our facilities. Um, and we spent a lot of time together talking and sharing about operational best practices. So we're doing the same thing through technology. Um, and in some ways, it's working great because We put a lot of time and effort and money into particular meetings and we would go and it was super fun and we'd share ideas. And then what would happen is everybody would come home and, you know, it's business as usual. And so we couldn't figure out how to continue those ideas, moving them forward. And so we're meeting with our groups weekly, sometimes multi times during the week. And we're able to just continue to Share those best practices. And in COVID times with in-person research, you know, we've successfully completed hundreds of, of projects now in person at all 15 facilities. But you know, that was a difficult thing to do. And being able to lean on each other and collaborate and talk about those experiences, I think really helps our team, but also just our, our clients and our respondents to be able to communicate what to expect. I think in these times, communicating and following through on what you say you're going to do is the most important part.
0: Mm, I, I love that. So collaboration, even with clients, it's like kind of how Lisa said, it's like, let's pull that curtain back. <laughs> let's be honest about what we're, what we're doing and, and how we need to collaborate with you also to, to create something that everybody, everybody wants. Let's take a short break.
3: Teams are getting smaller, but you still have to get your research in-field. If only you could partner with a global expert to be an extension of your team without the extra overhead. Look no further. Gazelle Global provides the ad hoc services you need, when you need them. Visit gazelleglobal.com to learn more about how we can handle global sampling, field management, data collection, and more. Our team is ready to lend our expertise to complete projects to your specification. Visit gazelleglobal.com today.
0: Um, I want to move over a little bit to social. And if you have something to say in this regard, let me know. Um, Feel free to pass. Um, But I want to talk a little bit about social media. And everybody's mentioned kind of technology. Uh, Lisa's group has been doing a lot of really great videos. (laughs) So that's been super fun. Maybe you could talk about this. But Um, you know, we're all on Zoom, of course, we're all um, uh, there. Everybody is getting, having to get blue glasses and figure out how it is that they're in front of the camera all day long. People who told me they would never make a video, they would never be on camera, they would never be on a webinar. I'm like, guess what? That's all of our lives now. Um, But tell me a little bit about social media or technology or some of those things, how they played into uh, collaboration. I'll kick it off with Lisa, because I'm thinking just kind of more Uh, about some of the really interesting and new things your team has done uh, uh, in the last couple of months on this.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you for noticing, Priscilla. And for You're giving, an influencer, <laughs> yeah, well, and giving us a lot of guidance, you have been incredible. Like we had really, I think at the start of COVID had you meet with our entire sales team mm-hmm. and talk about how we could really up our game when it comes to this concept of social, uh, social selling. And I don't mean that sales and salesmanship and selling like those sort of, I think for some people have a negative connotation. And I hate that because mm-hmm. sales is really about creating connections and adding value where there's gaps and where there's need. And, um, you know, in the early weeks of COVID, I think all of us at Innovate, across the industry, as human beings, we were just all so stunned. And like, we. I think we're all control freaks because we love data. And we love to predict things. And so when you can't predict the future, it makes people, you know, with our particular discipline very uncomfortable. And you could see that just from having conversations with with different folks in the industry. And I think once we got past that, we said, okay, what can we start doing? Like, let's get, like, let's activate this. Let's not just sit here and and with our thoughts and our worries, but let's really try to move forward, weather this very unpredictable time. And, and create great things. Mm-hmm. And so as a team, we just started thinking about how can we be collaborating with our clients? What, what are our clients facing? What are their pain points? And how can we add value? It's not about us just launching prospect email after prospect email, uh, you know, sort of saying that these are unprecedented times and, <laughs> and all of that typical language It's like, ah! Um, just we- don't press send, please. <laughs> No, I know. It's so true. Um, so we really wanted to be very strategic about the type of content that we were putting out, how we were socializing that and communicating that, and, you know, what kind of value we could add to, to the clients uh, that we work with. And I know, Mel, you were doing a lot of that with your town halls, which have been awesome. I mean, talk about stepping up to the plate during a difficult time and really adding value for for your various stakeholders and all of us in the industry. I mean, it's just been awesome. And I try to make all of them as most I can, like because they're absolutely so great. And they they give me different perspectives. And I think that's important when you're working from home all the time in your little box here, it, it can be difficult to have some of the typical conversations that you would have otherwise. Um, You know, even though you're physically isolated, you don't want to be socially and mentally isolated And so I really tried to step outside of that and and go to more webinars that were being offered and also host a lot of webinars Do a lot of Q&A kind of content. I mean video is king in my opinion. I'm glad we're doing it here I think it's important to bridge the gap of of that social distance um, by having videos and we've had a lot of like incredible collaborations Priscilla like We've um, co-presented with AT&T and LRW. We've done some stuff with Women in Research, which is just an incredible organization that we're all part of and has been so impactful for me personally and professionally. But that's, again, probably a whole nother podcast. Um, We've co-presented with LinkedIn and PayPal. I mean, we've logical research. We've done a bunch of, of different webinars. So we've been really, really busy. And I've seen, you know, in some of the COVID research, people say that their work has scaled back that is not the case for me. I have been busier than ever. And it's been, it's been an awesome ride, despite all the challenges I think we're facing mm-hmm. with the pandemic and social isolation.
0: Yeah, so let, let's, since you kind of alluded to it, let's pop over to Melanie real quick um, about the town halls. And also, if you could speak, Melanie, to the side of how with these collaborations with the other organizations like Quirk work and Quirks and uh, Greenbook and uh, SMR, et cetera, You know, how do you also uh, put things out there and collaborate socially to create some gravitas or get some momentum going there?
2: Yeah, well, so first, uh, to answer your original question, social is super important. We used to talk about being, you know, verbal, language like communication and uh, nonverbal body language communication really um social is a part of our language now and if you are not communicating effectively then um your it, it's a big gap in your communication strategy you're missing people you're missing populations what you say affects your brand what you don't say affects your brand how you say it affects your brand Uh, So regardless, you are having an impact with social media, whether you're using it or not using it. It's making a statement. And so you it needs to be very intentional. So um, on the part about the town halls, uh, they're just like a, a gift of passion. And and, you know, I love people, too. And I if you know me you know i'm actually i really want to help people it's at the core of who i am i just i desperately want to help people companies businesses the industry at large succeed and thrive and so when everything started to kind of go sideways haywire we're like how can we help what can we do and our biggest our biggest gift was and hopefully giving back was to be able to just via social media uh via the website via the town halls to just generate information that will help people make better decisions for their businesses. Um, And and so that has been the goal. And in terms of the collaboration side of it, um, you know, we we just support each other. When Quarks has something they're trying to do that we're not trying to do, why not help them generate um, awareness and information? And the same with, with them for us. Um, If we've got content about mental well-being or uh, diversity and inclusion or the PPP loans, that's something that is a strength of ours. Why wouldn't they help us get that out to a community in need? And the same for them. When they've got information, why wouldn't we help them uh, distribute that information? And so we have that kind of relationship with MRS and SMR and uh, the ARF and just all of them. We... and it's really important that those collaborations, again, be strategic, but find places where you can collaborate, and, and then, uh, and, you know, we're doing that, and it's working really well, so. I love
0: that. I love that. So, um, and I, I have enjoyed the town hall, so thank you for that. And even in, um, I'll transition over here to Sarah a little bit, because in that moment, I decided to do two different weeks of an MR leadership to really say, look, I'm gonna identify 10 leaders in the MR industry, and I wanna hear from them. Um, and, and 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 I wanted to hear from them personally, it was a little bit, you know, uh, um, you know a, a gift to myself, but I really thought a lot of people needed to hear that key leaders that they look to are also struggling, and they don't have all the answers, but they were willing to kind of talk it out, and they were willing to at least expose what are some of the thoughts that were emerging that, that how they're going to structure their way through this interesting time. And so we did 10 episodes that was um, in our leadership and Sarah was on uh, one of those with me. And so that was really great view from, a part of the industry that, like I said, was hit the hardest, you know, from COVID. So that was really great collaboration. That's a win for me. It creates content. It's a win for me personally, because I like to make those connections with people. It's a win for the industry because people are getting to, you know, really see maybe, maybe I'm going to reframe my problem or maybe someone can give me a leg up with how I can even address this as some people were dealing with, how do I even address this with my employees? <laughs> you know, what is this going to mean? And I think we, we tried to take it from so many angles to help people out. So Sarah, thanks so much for collaborating with me on that in a moment when you were also in the throes of, of some difficult stuff. But um, so tell me with social, what are your thoughts about how you collaborate and how that's been important? Well,
1: I don't think that this particular group is unique. I think this industry is full of people, people, people. So um, I think with the lack of in-person events, social is really, really valuable. And I agree that these associations, Insights, Quirk, Screenbook have done an excellent job trying to bring content and people together. But unfortunately, I just don't think that there's really a replacement for that in-person connection. So for me, social has been sort of a way to sort of check on the industry and check on what's going on. And in addition to you know letting our clients and our respondents know what's going on at Fieldwork, we want to be a new source. We want to provide information so people don't have to go looking for it. And social has just been excellent. And again, the collaboration within the industry and the support, it's just so wonderful. and nice to see everybody's names pop up once in a while you definitely feel like there is a collaboration and a connection
0: yeah for sure well I don't want to go negative necessarily but let's talk about a few reasons why people don't collaborate and then we'll we'll, I'll be sure to make it super positive at the end because we're all going to talk about WIRE and we all have been incredibly um, personally impacted and all of us have given to WIRE and you know it 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 is the 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 uh, heavy lifting you know of people who have been successful in their career to now turn around and give back and i know all four of us are very very into giving back into wire so we'll end on a positive note but let's talk a little bit about why why you think it is that people are struggling and i'll i'll kick it off with lisa in this i, I wanted to pick up on something you said you used the words and i jotted it down it needs to be of mutual benefit And that's one thing that I think that people don't understand. There has to be really open communication. If you're going to collaborate, what do you get out of this? What do I get out of it? For example, I asked someone to be on my podcast. Well, I get something out of it. This isn't just me. You know, it can't be freebies that that don't mean anything to any, you know, all parties. I'm happy to spend all the money creating the podcast up. I get the content and I also get to own that conversation, which is super important in marketing. And, And so I'm happy to be clear about what it is that I get, but the other person gets something that they don't have access to, which is a platform, you know, to be, uh, show their thought leadership, right? So you mentioned that about mutual benefit. So, you know, how do you go about kind of deciding who you're going to collaborate with and why do you think some people are just too
3: afraid to collaborate? I seek out people I like. Um, that I connect with. And then it's like a bonus if they represent a brand or a company that would add value to the conversation. So I think that's sort of just how my mind works is, you know, when you're interacting with people, whether it be virtually or in person, you just sort of get a sense of the openness that people bring to a conversation or potential collaboration. And so um, I think I, I love to study people. I'm actually, I think, an introverted extrovert, or maybe it's the opposite way around, but I'm a little bit of both. Like I love my solitude and my quiet time. And when I'm at a conference at the end of the day, I'm tired from all that like hardcore socialization. Um, But I do, I love people. I love to figure out what makes them tick. And I think it is important to sort of really get together with folks and relay, you know, what is it we're trying to accomplish? What kind of value does this add for the both of us or both of our companies, but also more importantly, what is it adding for the industry? How is it moving the conversation forward? What pain point is it addressing? Because if you can solve for pain, then you really have something magical on your hands, I think. And, and what holds people back? I don't know. I don't really see a lot of negatives with collaborating, even with competitors. Like To me, the thing that holds them back is maybe insecurity, lack of confidence, Mm -hmm. Um, or this, this thought that like that sort of partnership will somehow encroach on any point of differentiation that they're trying to build. But I don't know. I feel like that's a really short sighted myopic view to take. And you're really, if you, if you fall into that bucket, you really should reconsider that strategy. Cause I, I think in, in 2020, it's all about collaboration and finding new partnerships and finding new creative ways to solve for pain. And if you're holding yourself back because of some sort of insecurity or potential infringement on your brand and your value proposition, you're really, I think you're missing the boat.
0: Yeah. Well, you're all in leadership positions. And so you're also able to activate people within your group to say it's okay to collaborate. And that's very important. It's important that the leaders say that and that the leaders show that they're not afraid to collaborate. But you said a phrase that is actually one of Sarah Kava's favorite phrases, which is uh, add value. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we talk about this all the time because we're not people who ever want to discount for something. We want to know what value you're going to add. <laughs> and it's always about the plus and that's about abundance and it's not about scarcity. So I'd love to hear from you, uh, Sarah, that's always been your phrase, but now in a time when there it does feel like there is scarcity and you guys have gone through one of the most horrible years, you know, and, and, facing your your entire you know industry uh, as, as the small vertical that qualitative and face-to-face is within the industry. Um, so tell me about what you're thinking right now about the value add. What are you looking for from people in collaboration?
1: I think that you have to be open and willing to throw your idea out there. And I think that we all have drive and we have vision and I think you have to be willing to be open to the fact that your idea may need a little help (laughs) and that is why you're asking people to join you in your journey because you want to produce the best type of idea and oftentimes that results in change change that you weren't expecting and I did hear Melanie on uh Merrill's podcast talking about um businesses and maybe not the most well-funded business is going to succeed, but the ones that are willing to change and maybe change on a daily basis are the ones that are going to succeed. And I think about that a lot. And when we talk about collaboration and, and getting with other people, I think it's really just asking for help and being open to hearing what, what people want to offer you.
3: Right.
0: Well, Melanie has an interesting position out of all of us in that with being the head of an association like that, you're talking to so many uh, heads of leadership. So what do you think is holding some of them back? Or have you been able to have conversations to kind of help lead some people into collaboration who maybe in the past were just not up for it?
2: So I agree with a lot of what everyone said. I think the one place where I, maybe where I disagree a little bit is um, that I think that you probably should protect a brand's unique selling proposition, their USP. Um, and the the unique value that a brand brings. And so um, when you collaborate, both sides are going to give and take, all, or all three sides or four sides or who, whoever's involved in the collaboration, both are going to give and both are going to take. And when you go into a collaboration like that, all the parties need to be willing to say, yes, I'm willing to give that and I'm willing to take that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that makes a great collaboration. But if it's going to infringe too heavily on your very specific, unique value give. I personally feel like that that might be a place where you say maybe not here. And so I think that that sometimes that that is a place where brands will say I don't think I want to. I don't think I want to collaborate here because I think that that is something that is so unique to me. And that if I water down that uniqueness to me, I might water down my strength and position. And so to Lisa's point, maybe you can find a way to do that that doesn't water it down. Maybe you can find a way to ring fence it. Maybe you are going to give in that area a little bit, but then you're also going to, it's going to strengthen that value for you somehow too. So you just need to have those really honest conversations with you before you go into collaboration. Because when you don't have those uh, clear expectations is when the collaboration tend to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, So I think that they tend to, to be reticent when they think it's going to weaken their unique value proposition and, and cause there to be a commoditization that comes as a result. And people are very concerned about commoditization and rightfully so. And so um, when you can get around those conversations and have those open, transparent conversations, collaborations go much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you, when you can't and the walls come up is when the collaborations fall apart.
0: Oh yeah, that's that's totally true. And as a marketer, I would agree with you. <laughs> Reese, you know, you know, you have to you have to hold your own. But I think coming into the conversation, if it is a transparent conversation in the yeah. beginning, you would be able to say, This is what I have to get out of it. Right. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I love that. Okay, let's that was a little bit tough, so let's be kind of positive. And then I'm gonna kind of ask you guys to give me a little gift here. But um, let's end on a collaboration we all absolutely love, and that is WIRE, Women in Research. And I always try and give it a plug, but it's free to join. It's always free to join. It's always going to be free to join. And that's because there are a lot of professionals and corporations um, uh, represented here who put up and actually support it and sponsor it. So thank you to all three of you for what you've done. I feel like I'm in just the absolute best company, but we all are trying to pay it forward because we have been the recipients in our career of people who have done that when they were in our position where we sit now. So I just want to let each one of you say either a fun story or a great memory or a great person that you met through WIRE. So I don't just give a great shout out, something that could be fun. I'll, I'll start. With, uh, (laughs) at a wire exec retreat, for whatever reason, (laughs) uh, Lisa and I were in, in one of the evening things, we were, uh, we did a really fun, what do you call it? Oh, murder mystery, like at, at night, right? And it was our way to go off steam one of the evenings after a lot of pretty serious conversations. And it turned out that Lisa and I were the two main suspects in this murder mystery, and that we were pitted against each other and rivals. And oh my gosh, we had so much fun playing the the nemesis here, and that we laughed so hard that night. I mean, I, you know, it's like when you go to bed and your your face hurts because you've been laughing so hard. And I'm like, this is so interesting because people have so many bad experiences trying to create a tribe in professional, you know, I, I get it. I hear the pain, but you have to open yourself up to some of these new experiences. And I could go through a list of crazy people I met that year, the next year and the year after that. These have become not only people who have my back professionally, but personally, and just a lot of care there. But that's a super fun memory I have that you were, your, your character was the muff. And it
3: was yes. uh, <laughs> Muffy, and you killed her. You killed her. <laughs> killed you are <were> the killer. <laughs> I was, I was, but that yeah. was super fun. But uh, yeah, so
0: someone else give me something great, a uh, highlight about something that happened or a connection through wire
2: or just any great memory. Well, I want to go next because I'm afraid someone else will steal my name. So oh. <laughs> I, I have to call out Kristen Luck. Um, so being a a, a woman leader in this industry is um, is a blessing, but also it can be really hard sometimes. I find myself in uncomfortable situations and I'm trying to figure out, should I lean in, should I lean back, should I lean sideways? Like what, what, what should I do? Um, and I've even found myself in situations where um, I, I was just heartbroken. And Kristen Luck has become such a great friend to me. And that person I can reach out to, she's been through it all, she's seen it all, we've seen it all, we've been through it all. Uh, And so, you know, when I need a shoulder, when I need um, a brain, when I need a swift kick in the behind, she is there. Um, And the, the great thing about wire is you can always find someone to be that for you in wire. There are no competitors. There are no, um, clients. There are just women supporting each other. And I have to call out Kristen luck because she has been such a friend to me as I've navigated the blessings and the curses of being a woman in leadership. That is so
0: great because I got the luckiest experience in that the first time I was ever asked, to speak at a market research event. Kristen Luck was immediately in front of me. And and she was speaking and then it was me. I I didn't know her at all. And she was the one person who who was the first person I met, the first professional connection I met in this industry. And you can see where that went. So it, it is so key who you meet. I love that. I love that melody. So Sarah, how about you?
1: Well, I would have said Kristen. So I'm glad you went first, Melanie. <laughs> um, but we talked a little bit about um, the collaboration internally. And one of the things that we do with our team is an is office hours. And we have all of our project managers join. And we often have special guests. And one of the special guests we had was actually Michelle at uh, Wire. I believe she's the, the director. Um, and even at as a sponsor of WIRE and being involved, it was so nice to spend 30 or 40 minutes with her talking about all the wonderful things that they do. I really didn't have any idea of all of the resources. And it was great to have that time to share with our team and just hear about it because they're certainly, you know, those efforts are are definitely appreciated. And I'm not sure if it weren't COVID times and we weren't sort of forced to find a different way to be successful and to collaborate together, that we would have been able to to really spend that time with them. So I was very appreciative of Michelle joining us.
0: That's really awesome. Okay, as a thank you for your time collaborating with me, getting this kind of a, uh, um, I think, a restorative conversation <laughs> out in the world, um, I want to let each one of you just give that SVP. Let, let let me hear what's going on. Tell me what what's important right now to your company. Give me maybe a, a little mini pitch, but also what's coming up. What should we be looking for? So, Lisa, I'll let you start with Innovate. And, uh, and let us know what's coming up and what are you looking for? Who's perfectly ideal for you?
3: Okay, thank you, Priscilla. Yeah. And this has been so much fun. And I have to just concur with what you guys have all said about WIRE. It has been absolutely groundbreaking for me. Um, and, and it was such a breakthrough joining WIRE. And I have to give a shout out to Dinah Bowen because she was the person that initially um, recruited me into WIRE all those years ago. And she said, "Oh, I think you're going to love this." And sure enough, it's just been so incredible. I mean, how awesome to have a group of of people, women and men, because there's men in Wire too, um, that are really there with just genuine support. Because um, we really want to help each other, help see each other be successful. And it just it is so genuine. It is so real. And I'm so sad because I know Mel, you were going to come to Wire Exec this year, and then obviously the pandemic hit. And I can't wait. To spend a few days in Sonoma with you because I think it's going to be awesome, and hopefully, Sarah, you'll be there too because it's it's just it's such an incredible um, collaboration. But in terms of innovate, um, we are we're doing great. You know, the business has been going really, really well. We're continuing to grow. We're um, recruiting new staff, so we're looking for project managers in the U.S. as well as in India, where our after hours and weekend team coverage is is included. Um, we're really focused on quality. Um, And that goes back to some of the pain points that I talked about that face the, the sample space in particular. You know, cyber fraud is never going away and I will never tell anyone that I have solved for it because that would just be a completely disingenuous thing to proclaim. Um, But we are absolutely committed to being as progressive and forward thinking as possible when it comes to producing the highest level of quality for our clients. And so that comes with new collaborations, new products and tech development that we're doing in-house around text analysis. Um, and um, survey scripting. So we've got a lot of cool new tools that um, have been recently released. And so we're really excited to look forward to the future and to continue the good fight. On you know, on really you know, keeping an eye and, and focus on on quality and having really awesome collaborations with with our clients and staying flexible. I think that's the other thing that's really important for us as a business is we are independent, we are self-funded, and I love that about us. And that wasn't always the case in previous companies I've worked at. I'm looking at you, Mel. You know, when you take on. Uh, investment. That's awesome. It can help you really grow your top line and and hire tons of staff and do wonderful things. But it also has a lot of challenges with it too. And I love how fiercely independent we are so that we can be super, super agile and flexible to help support our clients because they're going through a lot and they're going to continue to be going through a lot for months, maybe even years. So we'll have to see what the future holds. I this is-
0: okay. You can catch her at InnovateMR.com. And of course, Lisa Wilding Brown, look her up online, but we'll, it'll be in the show notes for Everybody's Connect. So Sarah, what about you? What's going on with Fieldwork? And what what's ideal for, for you, for, for your team as well?
1: Well, I would definitely like to know everybody to know that Fieldwork is, is open and we are actively conducting in-person uh, research. Um, The show rates have been great. Respondent engagement is up. We've always had a very customized approach with our clients. And I think definitely given these times and sort of as people adjust and decide what they need for the future, it's really nice to enhance that level of collaboration with our clients um, and really find out what they need and how they need it and be able to provide that for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you said all 15 locations are open, and how how long have they been open uh, for in-face research?
1: I would say it started at the end of May. You know, it was all depending on location and, and what the, the state and the local guidelines were um, letting everybody do. So taking that into consideration and knowing that we have incredibly spacious, facilities, tons of square feet. So, um, you know, you have employees in there when they have to be in there, but basically it's the it's space rights for the clients. Um, you have 10,000, 12,000, 15,000 square feet for a few people, and um, it works out very well.
0: Great. One of the things that um, I know that a lot of people don't realize is that you guys aren't just face-to-face research that you also are doing heavy recruiting for qualitative. And also you have your own uh, web work, field work, web work. So let me get, I mean, you you took your time to come on this for me. So let me give you a minute to talk about those other two services that you do that have nothing to do with in-person research.
1: Well, it has been definitely interesting to see the demand from clients. I mean, recruiting never stops. The fact that um, our clients wanted to continue to reach out to their customer through this time, and again, as as we talked about the pivot and and moving online, that was always something that we did. But in, you know, having fifteen facilities across the country, that was sort of just an extra tool in the toolbox that became incredibly valuable during this time. So we're really proud of that. And um, we've just been able to utilize the web work service and have clients go online, like we're all doing with Zoom and and, um, other features. We've, uh, We've all incorporated what our clients best their needs are. Right.
0: Well, you can connect obviously with Sarah Kotva, but also Crystal Martinez still is heading up the uh, field work web work. So if that's a great uh, connection for you, make sure that you look her up too. So Melanie, what's going on with the Insights Association? Where are we going to see you guys next? And how are we going to, you know, get all of the great content that comes from your team?
2: well so our unique value proposition uh, is centered on four pillars protect connect inform promote under protect we are working still very hard on um, census and making sure that the census uh, gets its fair time in field um, and that uh, it's a great foundation for the next 10 years of research uh, we're also working hard on labor law tax law and privacy law. So if you're not following labor law, tax law, and privacy law in the industry, you really should connect with us. There's a a ton of things that are super important to businesses and to the industry at large. Um, Under Connect, um, you know, we just had our big X event and we're getting ready to go into CRC. um, And every one of those events has the networking opportunities, meet some new faces. The chat box is very, very active. Um, So we're connecting people, uh, you know, all the time. We're also doing job fairs the job fairs are really important. The industry is sort of um, at, a, at a place it's never been with the amount of layoffs that have had to happen uh, in this year and so we're working as hard as we can to connect um, candidates and companies and expand their um, their candidate pool um, and ex- for the candidates expand the amount of people that they can go to, to find try to find a gig, but also using that for some of our diversity and, and inclusion and equity work to try to expand the pool there. Um, so connect under inform um, the town halls, mental well-being, diversity, um, you know, what's going on with uh, the legislature. We're, we're very active in inform, and you should be joining the town halls as much as you can. And then finally um, on the promote. Um, I'm very excited about promoting the company's. Um, promoting the new IPC and the laureates. We're getting ready to announce our first laureates. And in a partnership with WIRE, we're uh, working to uh, award diversity and inclusion um, uh, participants and and rock stars. So a lot going on and all really important. So, um, you know, I hope you stay connected to us. That's
0: so great. I just saw all of the uh, nominees be officially uh, uh, listed for the Diversity and Inclusion Award. So that is super, super great. And it gives us something to celebrate within our industry as well.
2: And a great example of collaboration, which was the theme, WIRE and Insights Association, and really the industry collaborating on recognizing people who are, are, you know, laying it all on the line for diversity and inclusion and equity. Right. So I just have to say, if you're watching,
0: you have to connect with each one of us on LinkedIn, on Twitter, wherever it is that you love to live because this is how you get involved in the conversation. Please don't be shy. Ask us a question. Um, You want to find a tribe, we'll find you one. (laughs) We got one for you. We've got probably 10 in this industry, and we can definitely help you find uh, your group. But let's keep it open. Let's keep it honest. Let's keep it transparent. And uh, and let's make it for mutual benefit. I think that's what we landed on, right? (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Melanie, Lisa, Sarah. I I count it a privilege to count each one of you as a friend and a colleague. So thank you for coming today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. From all of us here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing.